welcome to the Bankster Podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Badgett. It has been nearly 10 years since the Great Recession officially began, according to the official calculator of the recessions, which is the National Bureau of Economic Research. And discussion about the Great Recession and its impact continues to this day. And these discussions, well, they frequently include large and abstract numbers, such as the stock market fell 60% over two years, the S&P 500 lost nearly 1,000 points from July in 07 to April of 09. new home construction fell from an annual rate of over 2.2 million to less than 500,000 from January to April. The numbers sound incredible, and, well, they are incredible. But the Great Recession, well, it also sparks discussions about government policy, taxpayer-funded bailouts, and Federal Reserve interventions. You hear stories from major auto companies, from politicians, and from bankers and business owners. Ben Bernanke even called it the worst financial crisis in global history. But you don't hear enough from the actual people that lived through the Great Recession. In 2012, The Guardian did an experiment asking people to write in, uh, but what they got was underwhelming. Mostly short, online comment-like posts attached to a map of the world. Not very good quality and no editing and no filtering. In 2013, The Wall Street Journal did something similar, except they asked for video submissions on social media. I couldn't find any real responses. The thing is, the Great Recession was real. I felt it. You felt it. And although I love data, I'd studied economics partly because of the numbers. But the reason I chose economics over physics or engineering is because I love the people behind the numbers in economics. The true inspiration for this segment of the podcast came during the introduction video to a Coursera class that I'm taking called The Global Financial Crisis, offered by Yale. Here's Professor Andrew Metrick in the opening video to this class. We're still not far from the time when the financial crisis happened. And if you're not too young, it isn't hard to go around and talk to your friends and talk to your family and hear how it affected them. But it's remarkable how many people it had an effect on and how many lives it changed. If you talk to lots of people, you'll hear many different stories of how the financial crisis affected them and how they learned to think about it. So that's where the Our Recession interview segment idea came from. And although I wish that listening to hundreds of interview podcasts automatically made me a good interviewer, it doesn't. I have lots of room for improvement. I'm an amateur, but I hope you're able to enjoy the real-life experiences of today's guests, the voices behind the numbers. The Great Recession affected all of us. Here's Jackie's story. All right, well, Jackie, thanks so much for uh, joining the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, maybe at first you can give just uh, just a real brief uh, introduction, maybe your name and, and, and what you do. Well, I'm Jackie. I, uh, I'm a math professor in a, a university out here in Idaho. 
I've uh, been teaching at college level for about 10 years. Prior to teaching at the college level, I, I did teach as a middle school uh, teacher, and I was a middle school administrator as well. And so I've been here, living here in this area in Idaho for about 10 years. Prior to that, I was I was in Utah. Oh, okay. Now, just kind of to set the scene, set uh, the location. We're, we're talking about the uh, the financial crisis, the, the Great Recession, and, and how it affected us. But maybe before we get into how it affected uh, different uh, aspects of, of your life, maybe we can start with what stage of your career were you in in 2006, 7, and 8? So in 2006, I was an administrator at an intermediate school in St. George, Utah. I was in the midst of a doctoral program. I was, I was studying educational leadership at Utah State University. I had been in my career for about 13 years, and I was just coming up on, on graduation with my doctorate degree. And I was thinking about, well, where do I want to go next? Do I want to stay in public education or do I want to move to higher education? Uh, and I was, you know, in that process of making those those kinds of decisions. Oh, wow. So not only was it a kind of a pivotal time in uh, in the history of, of the economy of the United States and the world, but you were kind of at a pivotal time in, in your career as well. Absolutely. How did the... Uh, if at all, did the did the recession um, affect uh, affect you? What did you decide to do uh, at the end of your program? Well, it was it was an interesting thing. At uh, probably around two thousand five, two thousand six, in the area where we were living, I was watching the home prices increase in the area. They they increased quite dramatically. Uh, we had built our own home, and we had. Bought the home for a hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars, or actually, we'd build it ourselves, and so we built it for that. And so we had a lot of sweat equity in the home, but but it was valued probably a hundred seventy-five thousand dollars when we when we built it at at the most. And we had lived there, been living there for about six or seven years, and all of a sudden, the prices of homes in our area just started to escalate. And then a little bit later, we saw saw that there were new subdivisions coming in in our area. We were expecting a lot of new people to come in, and there was a lot of growth in the area as far as population, but not nearly as much as the homes themselves. And uh, we had a subdivision that was not far from where we were, and we saw that subdivision uh, come up, and all the homes were sold but there was only like one or two families living in the whole subdivision, which was really, really strange. And and so as I saw that, I thought there's there's something going on here that's really weird. You know that people were just buying homes from from other places. They buy the home, but they would never even plan on moving into it. And they didn't even they didn't even rent them out. They just had the home and it just sat there. And so this big brand new subdivision. And it was basically vacant. This this can't go on. Um, but but I wasn't really paying a lot of attention. I, it was just an observation I made. I just thought that was really weird. Uh, you know, I was focused on my my own education and and pursuing my career. And when I 
when I was getting close to graduation, I had an advisor uh, who really encouraged me to look into higher education, and so, so I, I did, and I ended up getting a position in a at a university. When I, uh, it was time to make that move, I, we had to sell our home, and like I said, home prices had gone way up, and this was this was in uh, two thousand seven. This was probably it was March or April of 2007 when we decided we were going to be moving. And this was at a time where it seemed like every, you know, prices had gone skyrocket and then things were starting to go really cold at this point. And we had thought we could sell our house for for a certain amount. We put it up for that amount and and actually we just had somebody approach us. We didn't go through a realtor. They just approached us and said, hey, we'd like to buy it. We'd like to pay the amount. Um, but then when they went through to, to to secure the purchase and get their loan, they found out, oh, they didn't qualify for the amount that they'd offered. And so they ended up saying, you know, the most we could qualify was for $50,000 less. And as a result, we like, oh, okay, um, you know, do we do we take it? Do we do we wait and hold out and see if we can if we can get more? And we decided to go ahead and and take the the lesser amount. Uh, we closed closed on the home. We got our our value. We turned around and we bought a home in our new area. At you know the market was still quite high, but but we you know even at the the $50,000 less, we more than doubled our money on the home down there. And so we felt okay. We didn't need feel like we needed to be greedy, but we did get less there. We brought that equity. We put it into a new home in the new area, and we got a, a bigger, bigger, nicer home. Um, but it was at the top of the market. And so since that time, since we bought that new home, the home prices, they dropped afterwards. And we have we would not be able to sell our home for what we bought it for. Even even today, we probably could not sell it for what we bought it for. And so, so that was that's even after ten years of recovery. Uh, and so that's that's how it's affected uh, that aspect of things. There's lots of names for the the Great Recession, and uh, sometimes housing crisis often comes up, and uh, that was kind of the the what was leading into it and the fact that it had a direct effect on the the price that you got on the sale of of your home and then turning around and buying a new one yeah yeah it was interesting you know we were able to to sell our home we took the lesser value but it was right at that time in that neighborhood nobody else that had been considering or were trying to sell their home for those high values not a single home sold for the next year that's so you were yeah i mean like i said you were on the i mean if if you imagine the almost the the path of uh you know if you imagine the bubble that they talk about it's like the bubble's going and then it peaks and there's just a small small plateau a small small plateau you you happen to make both your sale and your purchase right at that small plateau at the top. All your hard work in, in building the home, and like you said, that sweat equity really paid off in alleviating some of that pressure in deciding to take the uh, take a, a good price, but one that was slightly lower than what you had hoped for. 
Exactly. And, and because I had that equity, um, we're, we're not upside down in our mortgage now. So, so even though we couldn't sell it for what we purchased it for, we still have a lot of equity in it because we brought that equity with us and put it into the new home. Well, that's, I mean, those are kind of two of the big things that, uh, that the recession uh, has a big impact on uh, careers and, uh, and, and housing. Um, but there are other aspects as well. And I, and I want to get to some of those. How did the recession affect your financial savings and investments? Um, and maybe I can kind of speak to two parts. Uh, you can talk maybe a little bit about any investments that you want to share about and actual, you know, either either money or, or value. Um, but also, you can also speak to how it affected your views of money or kind of the emotional, uh, how you feel about savings or how you feel about money post and pre-recession. Well, as a in education, we don't make tons of money. And so, <laughs> so as far as my investments, they were pretty minimal, but they did actually, you know, I did see my 401k as small as it was did, you know, it, it definitely decreased in value. And to see, to see how that, that, uh, that decreased so rapidly was, you know, it's somewhat disheartening. And to see how sensitive that those markets can be was was a little bit bit hard now it's it's been interesting to watch uh in my new position i'm able to put a little bit more into that investment and as a result you know i've seen both that initial investment you know double over the past 10 years and i've also seen my new 401k has been growing you know fairly well and i've i've been pleased with that and it's it it has just helped me realize that that as as valuable as those those investments are and as important as it as it is to continually save for retirement it is also not a sure thing and the need to continue to work to stay healthy to work uh, as best we can as long as we can it really has helped me see that that I need to not be so dependent or get so excited that oh I've got this this money here and it will be there for me when I retire. I hope it will be and I plan for it, but I've got to have uh, a multiple multiple things that I'm going to be relying on to to be able to retire. Yeah, that's actually that's a that's a really interesting point that I hadn't uh I hadn't actually considered before uh, just that idea that uh, yes, you're planning. It's important to think about your money and and to you know to study out and and put your money in where you think it's gonna uh, be the safest and, and get you the most kind of bang for buck. Uh, but at the same time, there's a whole other part that you have control over, which is uh, you know living healthily and uh, 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 surrounding yourself in an environment where you can both do work. That, that you can enjoy and then uh, live a life that you can continue uh, even if financial disruptions come in the future. Uh, right. And, and you know, you can't always control. I mean, things happen. You can have problems even when you are taking care of yourself, but you can definitely change the probabilities. If there's ways that I can influence those probabilities in my favor, I, I feel like it's worthwhile. 
<laughs> that's right. Well, that's uh, uh, investing. That's that's all it is, anyways, right? It's just increasing the probability that my uh, older age will be uh, more enjoyable. So that there's there's it sounds like we're coming to an overarching uh, strategy that I think is really useful. So now tell me about the uh, these may or may not have changed, but uh, political views. Uh, there's you know there was a lot of there's been a lot of turnover in politics in the last you know 15 years from the leading up to the recession and then the recession and then post recession did uh, how did that affect uh, any of your political views? I don't know that it has affected my political views very much at all. I I have always kind of come from a a perspective where where government does have a role to play in influencing and and make you know trying to trying to prevent problems and they do that through reasonable regulations that that don't inhibit growth but that they also uh, you know try to prevent carelessness and and in the case of like the housing crisis, there seem to be some you know downright fraudulent practices that uh, that just seemed wrong. Um, and I think I think uh, you know there's a there's a place for regulation, and 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 that didn't didn't change. You know I think you can take it too far. I think you can take those ideas of regulation that really stifle things, but uh, but I don't I don't think that the government should just completely hands off free for all you know pure pure capitalism i think uh it was definitely a place for that's going to create some a few winners and a lot of losers and and uh, and i think i think the the government has a place to help make sure that that uh that that doesn't get yeah. too out of hand yeah that's that's a that's a, a healthy view and it sounds like the recession would actually probably only reinforced some of those uh those principles that were uh that were there with you along the way exactly that's kind of what i saw that uh, when when you're two hands off that the things can get can get out of balance and you know that's where you get that that one percent you know who get who claims a great portion of the wealth of the country and the rest of the country, you know, actually decreases in their standards of living. I'd like to think I'm self, of myself as someone from the middle class, and uh, and I'd like to not see that disappear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as would we all. <laughs> I don't remember if it was Obama that, that said it as he was going out, but... Or maybe it was the Pope. I'm not sure <laughs> who said it, but somebody said inequality is the the challenge of our time, and uh, for those you know holding on to uh, those that are are where we are, and uh, government providing an environment like you said that can encourage growth and and not just growth in for growth's sake, but uh, a more equitable growth. Well, very good. Well, well maybe we can just end with just uh, one last. Uh, uh, sector of life or, or part of life. Um, how, if at all, did the did the recession affect uh, your your family life or or your friendships, uh, if at all? 
I I didn't see it. My my family's been very lucky or blessed uh, in that I didn't see real downturns in you know siblings or my family or my own employment remained solid throughout the the recession. Uh, I did, however, see some some friends and neighbors and and uh, I guess if you look at extended family there was there was some loss of work and and it was it was interesting to see how there again how easy it is for things to change for a family that although we try to plan for the future and plan for challenging downturns when that actually happens i don't think we're we're ever adequately prepared to see how much of a difference it makes when all of a sudden your way of living your employment your source of of income disappears and all the different safety nets that are in place are not nearly the same as as the employment that we had and then to see people turn around and you know maybe go unemployed for a long period of time or or turn around and find employment but uh much at a much lower level and then then trying to adjust uh it it's challenging to see that happen but there again it makes me helped me see how how sensitive uh we each are to the the influences of the economy of our of our work that we do and and how can we prepare ourselves and make sure that that we are living more responsibly that's kind of the the big thing that i saw through those is oh am i in that situation is there a way that i can uh secure myself a little bit better so that when this downturn happens i am ready as ready as I could possibly be. Well, let me, I actually changed my mind. Let me ask you one more question. Are, I guess, are there any other aspects of, of life maybe that I didn't specifically ask you about, but any other uh, parts of, of your life or the life of your family that you feel like the, the recession had an impact on? I, I don't know if it had the, an impact on these things, but I think for my children, I like to think that they, you know they're they're adults now they're coming of age and moving into careers and i don't know how that has impacted them as far as the decisions they made about what to major in in college but but both of my kids have you know taken a route that that leads to employment opportunities that you know that that look to the future now I don't know if that's something that was just a reflection of of uh, you know their interests solely, or if it was a response to oh wow look what's going on in the world and how can how can I best contribute? But but the things that they've chosen are things that that look like they have their security involved, and that there's interesting room for growth as opposed to, you know, perhaps education, which is what I went into, where maybe there's some security, but the value to the 
to the world as far as income, yeah, that monetary remuneration is is relatively small. And, you know, I don't know if those kind of experiences with the recession influence those decisions of students not choosing to go into education. I mean, right now we're, there's a real big struggle of getting people into to teaching. And, you know, there's a there's a real need for for teachers yet. Uh, yet there's um, there's not a lot deciding to do that. Yeah, well, I, I can definitely say that I think these big picture um, macro events that happen, uh, they, they do affect uh, how we look at it. And that's kind of the inspiration for for doing these little interviews uh, that I wanted to do is because they, they do affect us. And <laughs> to, to your last point, uh, ultimately, we won't most of I'm sure the impact that it had on us is, is not something we can articulate, um, but it, it does have a real effect. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. All right. Well, thank you again for having me. Today's episode was written, edited, and produced by me, Alexander Badgett. Reach out with your feedback, comments, and questions on Twitter or via my website, www.thebanksterpodcast.com. Leave a rating and share the podcast with your coworkers, friends, and family. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'll see you next time on The Bankster Podcast.